Hello, and welcome to my podcast, Where the Dark Corners Are. Hello, hello, I am Vina, and I am your Dark Travels hostess. Tonight, we have a... And actually, just the panda. Yeah. No polar bear, no slashers, no Sierra. No nobodies. Right. (laughs) (laughs) No nobodies. (laughs) Hope they're not listening. <laughs> well, it'll be a test. <laughs> so, tonight I'm actually supposed to be doing the episode or recording the episode on the spirits of Seattle, but I'm just going to be honest, I've had some pretty rough weeks these last couple of weeks, and I just didn't want to do the topic. I just... Was the, was the topic at least interesting enough? I mean, we're here now, so... So it's an itinerary of haunted mm-hmm. places of Seattle, so... Okay, like top five or top three. Or haunted most. hotels, restaurants, mm-hmm. and Seattle actually has an interesting scenario with underground tunnels and former businesses, kind of like Sacramento and Portland. Mm-hmm. So it's just interesting that a lot of the cities that are off of rivers tend to have problems, and a lot of people associate problems with ghosts close to oh like ghost problems or like well like city manufacturing problems yeah you know, the yeah well, I mean, well what happens in seattle actually has nothing to do with the paranormal or with humans sort of so they had a plague oh they had a the, seattle a bu- a bu- the bubonic plague bubonic 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 yeah the bad the, plague the bad yeah <laughs> <laughs> The blue bonnet plague. The blue bonnet, the, the butter. <laughs> yes. And so they made some choices. So Seattle had a plague. Correct. Oh. In and America. We, Our Seattle, America. You have to remember it was a port. City port. Oh, I guess so, yeah. They had a bunch, you know, a lot Constant of things. international trade and yeah. vice Correct. versa. So. so something traded in. This is that's how it's like COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, we're going to, we're actually going to talk about this topic that i've actually been wanting to discuss for a while and uh, i actually don't necessarily have mainstream tv you know this we had like netflix hulu amazon prime but there are some tv shows that i am actually familiar with on mainstream tv like a show called wife swap is that still going is it still going yeah is it? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know. Oh, I, used, I figured. I, okay. I don't know. So why stop? I was like, I haven't heard that name. Well, let me. It, uh, like some of our listeners, they may not be familiar with the concept of the show. And what it is is that families will apply to be on the show and the producers will go in and learn about these families. And then they'll swap the moms, the wives of very contrasting families yes. to, you know, create that drama juice, that juicy juice. 
that juicy juice for people to get hooked on like you know yeah well yeah it was that, that show was wild man i don't watch it have you watched it you've never seen it i've seen well i mean you know the premise behind it of course i mean right but i mean that's it so like usually they try to get the most extravagant wife who's not so much the hands-on wife of like taking care of the house as much to a wife who does take care of the house and stuff right and so that was the kind of the point of the show is i think why the the families volunteered i don't know how it worked i don't know how how they recruited them but i think it's usually the husband or someone was like hey you should go on this show i actually think like nbc cbs they have a section where you can apply to be Oh, on a show right like you go through their list and like would you like to be a contestant for this this and this mm-hmm. and this and you just fill out the application and go from there right so i mean i mean that's probably what happens they just put the wife up on uh or the family yeah or the family right <laughs> not just the wife right but i mean that that show is wild uh, i think it was an mtv i i don't know i think i think that's what it was that might be a different version no i mean they didn't uh, well that was the weird part too was like well, you know, the wife usually does this. That was the best part when they first initially meet. Well, the, my wife usually does this, this, and that. She's like, no, I ain't doing that. There's some there's some crazy episodes. Right. But either way, so Seattle White Swap. <laughs> Not Seattle, just simple White Swap. <laughs> now, they, uh, they have been on for a while because what we're going to talk about is this situation, I think... This episode kind of shined some light on a scenario that's going to play out later. So during their fourth season, they aired an episode on April 23rd, 2008. So we're talking 15 years ago now. It's the Stockdale-Tonvik episode of Why Swapped on ABC. Now the Stockdale family is from Beach City, Ohio. This family consists of the father, who is Timothy, the mom, who is Catherine, and their four sons, Calvin, Charles, Jacob, and James. Now, the Tomvik family is from Illinois. The mom, her name is Lori Tom, Tovik, Tomvik, and her husband's John, and they have two children. Their son is Tvik, and their daughter is Megan. And again, like you explained, the premise is to basically swap moms with very different mom personas, Right. To different, to maybe opposing or contrasting families. So Lori was considered to be the rather easygoing mom. She had a very laid back attitude about things, in particular parenting. And I mean, they showed her singing and dancing with her kids, bringing burgers home and just, you know, who needs money kind of scenario. Mm -hmm. And in contrast to Lori was Catherine Stockdale. Now, the Stockdales, to kind of paint a picture for them, they lived on a farm. They were farmers, and they were very religious. And the Stockdales' version of fun was basically creating this wholesome family bluegrass band in which all the members of the family played an instrument in. So, like, Calvin played the banjo, Charles played the mandolin, James played on the bass, and their third son played the fiddle. And Timothy, the dad, he played he played on the guitar. And Jacob actually would 
go on and win championships. He was a three-time Ohio youth fiddle champion and a former Ohio State grand fiddle champion. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but in the 80s, there's a song, if you're going to play country, you got to have a fiddle in the band. I haven't heard that. If you're going to play country, you got to have a fiddle in the band. Okay. Well, that's how the song goes. Sorry. Your mom failed. Okay. (laughs) Anyways, the mom, Kathy, she would manage the band. She would, you know, arrange the bookings for their shows. And they actually ended up traveling in different states around the United States. But they basically kept the kids secluded. They were homeschooled. They weren't allowed to have any friends. And their concern was basically, and I'm going to quote Kathy, was to protect the boys from bad influences. And again, quoting Kathy, we don't allow any cussing. I think that dating has physical dangers like pregnancy. It's not worth it. It's important. We have control over their character and their education. And Kathy would basically lay out their, from the sun up, sundown, eyes open, eyes closed day. And like I said before, the boys were actually homeschooled. In addition to homeschooling them, she trained the kids to do chores. And she had this, this system, this pretty elaborate system, where when they did their chores, they would be awarded by tokens. And the tokens would allow them to get privileges. And, like, they can do, like, recreational privileges. Or one other thing that they can do was listen, earn the privilege to listen to a radio show. Oh, in 2008? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm not even sure. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm sure there was primetime radio, but, you know. But... I don't know. It sounds like the you know a Christmas story, and he's listening to old teen commercials. Right, Annie. Yeah, or oh, Annie. Oh, Annie. Orphan Annie. Orphan Annie. Yeah. And of course, the radio shows that they were permitted had to be family friendly and approved shows. You understand? So a very strict right. environment. So when Lori rolls up with her laid back scenario. She tried kind of making things a little loose for them. And I'm quoting her now because she talks to TMZ, your favorite. uh, Oh, yeah, my favorite news source. Yes. (laughs) Hey, TMZ shows some cool stuff, though. Okay. So I'm quoting her. When I switched the rules and I was going to let them have fun, let them have a television and video games and experience uh, life a little bit, Jacob ran out crying. And when I went out after him, I asked him what was wrong, and he said that his mom and dad would tell him that he would burn in hell. God gives you free will, free will they didn't have. They weren't allowed to make choices. I think it just caught up to him. Now, she would also go on to state that she felt that the Stockdale children were treated like slaves. And later on, when shit goes down, Lori will later speculate that it's Jacob's strict upbringing, and I'm quoting, caused him to snap. Oh. Yes. And by snap, I, I really mean snap, and I'm, using, I'm quoting her. There's air quotes over here. Right. right. They're not visible. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or audio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's what happened. Nine years after the show was aired, 
Some things had changed in the Stockdale house. For instance, the two older brothers, the two older sons, had moved out of the home. But Jacob, who was 25 at that time, and his younger brother James, who was 21 at that time, still lived in the home. I'm not exactly sure what Jacob was doing, but James was actually a sophomore. He was majoring in business management, and he studied at Kent State University, Taracas, Taracaras, and Stark Campus. Stark was actually the county they lived in. And on June 15, 2017, it was early morning, relatively early, and the police received a 911 call from the Stockdale Farm. When the dispatcher answered, you know, 911, what's your emergency? What's going on? The caller hung up. So what they did was is they sent a few Stark County deputies to check in on the matter because sometimes that's what 911 does. If they get a hang-up call and there's a concern on the dispatcher's part. When the deputies rolled up, they were greeted by a dog who was whining in the driveway, and they saw that the front door was open. And I'm quoting one of the officers now. Upon my arrival to the front door, I observed an individual lying on his back with his head facing the front door, the officer reported. As I was about to ask if the individual was okay, I heard one single gunshot coming from inside the residence. So the officers took cover. They called for backup. And when they re-entered the house, one officer would find Jacob, and I'm quoting, laying near the front door with an apparent gunshot wound with the shotgun lying at his side. And another officer found a third individual on the floor in the upstairs bathroom with an apparent gunshot wound. So my guess, that's mom. The deputies take a quick look around to assess the, the crime scene, and they quickly determine that it's Jacob, who had used a 20-gauge shotgun, shooting both his mother and his brother, James, in the head, and then turned the, the shotgun on himself. So that was the shot that the de- deputies heard when they were in the <clears throat> in the when they were entering the premise. Both Kathy and James will die instantly from their gunshot wounds to the head, but Jacob survives. He is immediately taken to Metro Health Medical, and he spends about the next year receiving medical treatment and rehabilitation for the brain and head injuries. He ends up surviving with a severe traumatic brain injury and he loses all sight in his left eye. And if you actually look pictures at him, you can see that the eye is kind of like droopy. Right. And he, he, he has at least seven metal fragments basically forever in his lot lodged in his head. So he gets charged with murder in September of 2018 and gets a grand jury indictment in October 2018. And initially, Jacob will plead not guilty by reason of insanity. And he then gets placed at the Heartland Behavior Institution for observation. What was the last name? His last name? Yeah, the family's. Stockdale. Stockdale. While there, he actually attempts to escape the institution on at least two occasions in november of 2019 jacob decides that he he's kind of watched the scenario and he realizes that when books get transported they kind of just get transported in like a a pile 
So he decides to hide behind a pile as it's getting transported in and out <laughs> of the institution. Yeah. And so obviously he gets caught. I mean, he doesn't even make it out of the building. A month later, he'll try another escape. This time, he tries the the blend-in method, you know, where you blend in a moving group of people, mm-hmm. or in this case, a group of people that was leaving the building. Yeah, you just fucking... Right. So you know, It just does be fine. Right. He's like, nods his head and walks along. <laughs> uh, but again, that fails. Now, while at Heartland, he is under the care of Dr. Archangel. We'll just call him Dr. Wood. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Wood studies and, you know, does his his testing and, you know, basically comes to the conclusion that Jacob is actually clinically sane when he committed the murders. And because he's done all the testing and whatnot, he also comes to the conclusion that Jacob, you know, wasn't suffering from any mental illnesses. There was no diseases affecting him. There were no defects in Jacob. And that Jacob was fully aware of the wrongdoing of his actions. So Dr. Wood submits his report, and it is determined that Jacob is deemed competent and capable to standing trial, and as well as being capable of understanding court proceedings, because you have to have both competency and understanding in order to be prosecuted. I'll say I catch one too. You claim insanity, but the only way you can do that is if you're saying Right. So. Right. It's, it it should be obvious to other people you're insane. Right. If you're really insane. Now, Jacob's original trial was slated to begin in early 2021, but it gets pushed back to May of 2021 because of COVID-related issues. And interestingly enough, during his Heartland stint, Jacob's family will actually go to the judge and ask for leniency because the state of Ohio actually has the death penalty. Oh, really? And the judge in this case is a Judge Frank Morshion. I'm probably mispronouncing that. In Ohio. So when it goes back to court in May, there's a plea agreement made, and Jacob agrees to plead guilty to two accounts of murder, but he gets the firearm specifications dismissed. So the charges get dropped. The judge will end up sentencing Jacob to two 15 consecutive years for murder of his mother and brother. So basically 30, 30 years. years for first-degree murder yeah. of his own family. Wow. And his first parole hearing is not expected to be held until September of 2048. So, so he's got 23 more years to go. Yeah. Mm. Currently, Jacob <laughs> eats, sleeps, and poops incarcerated at the Chilkooth Correctional Institution, which is located south of Columbus, which is the capital of Ohio. As for the remaining family, because there was five, the son, Calvin, he has moved to Michigan. Charles has also moved away. They don't know where Timothy is, so like no one's really tracked Timothy, the dad. The dad. But, I mean, they're all just basically keeping a low profile. 
Well, yeah, they probably have a lot of attention brought themselves. Right, and it doesn't seem like they're still, you know, doing their... I mean, they might be, but maybe... You're telling me the band broke up? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think the band's getting them back together on you this You lost one. your fiddle? I mean, what did he play? I forget what they played, but yeah, you lost two big instruments there. Right. The fiddle and, I think, bass. So what, what do you think? You think he, he got a taste of something else and then it just never left and he can never achieve that same, same itch or same, like... You know, I had mentioned earlier that they actually traveled for their competitions... So they saw things. They saw kind of how the world was, but they weren't allowed to participate in it. Right. Yeah, there's a difference from going and then actually experiencing. Right. So, I mean. And he was 25, and again, I don't know if he himself was in school or what his lot was like. Right. Well, I don't know what his lot was like, his life lot was like in that family. I don't know. I mean, so, I mean. None of them have fucking shut up the place, so it's like, well, how come he's the only one who... Well, and that's the other thing. He has never, from what I read, he has never provided a reason for what he did. He, I mean, again, there was no note. Maybe he had a moment of remorse and shot himself next to his brother. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It just, it just seems so sad. Right. Which it is. I mean, I mean, I'm sure they they're well known in their own community. And they were. I mean, they they won awards, accolades. So they they people know who these people are. Right. In fact, the summer that this happened, this June of seventeen, they had they were packed. They had uh, bluegrass events left and right. In fact, they just done a show the weekend prior. So I mean. Again, the sad part is is that he's never disclosed why to us, he, to the public. Right, he probably never will, though. Right, I mean, even, and one of the things I haven't mentioned was the family has stated they have forgiven him, and they have stated that they do believe that James and the mom would forgive him as well. That's wild. So, they wrote letters to the judge, they went to the judge asking for leniency, and it's weird because when they spoke of the mom and the brother, it's, they didn't acknowledge that it was Jacob that did it. They just spoke of these people with love and care. And it didn't sound like there was a lot of anger. So I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of weird. Because, I mean. You just forgive him. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I mean, you have a brother. Well, yeah, if you put me and you down, then I'm kind of hoping someone puts him down, too. I don't know. I'd be pretty upset. And I'm like, the other brother was like 21, right? Yes. He was younger, young 20s. Yes. So he was, you know, he had a, he had a future. Yeah. James. Yeah, had one. Yeah. So. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. So the full circle of the saying was that, do you think at any point, that because of the wife swap show. Because, I mean, we're doing this episode, so I'm assuming you have some some tangent or something that, cor- that connects that to that to, like, do you think that's a possibility? Like, I don't know. It, it is, it's, it's almost one of the things that I think I've been dealing with personally is 
sometimes when you open that Pandora box, mm-hmm. it's hard to put what you knew and you felt and you experienced back in the box. Right, because it's like a, it's like shattering that window of like now I can see a whole, a whole right, lot more. right, and I and think that, we both know what we're talking about. How I Met Your Mother, that one episode. Oh yeah, where they all noticed something that like, and, oh my god, <laughs> and they came to realize how much that irritated them. Oh yeah, it irritates them, and it's actually very, it it it, it snaps them essentially. Like stop doing that, and they turn violent right. just like that on each other. Yeah. So I mean. That could have been his stat moment, and then it just kind of, it just literally snowballs over the years. So maybe over time he just couldn't take it, and maybe she fucking said something or tried to do something that triggered something right, right in his nerve, and said, "You know what? Fuck you, fuck that." I mean, sometimes you just you know we we all have bad moments of rage, I guess, especially when you're driving. Yes, you're like because there's driving by yourself and there's driving with someone in the car. Like you could be mad with somebody, but when you're by yourself, you ever notice you're a different, different. Uh, well, you're in protective mode, especially if you're the driver. Yeah, but you're a lot more expressive when you're by yourself as compared to with somebody <laughs> in the car. Is you, you turn it down a little bit? <laughs> I'm just saying that's what some people do. But and that the point I'm trying to make is that maybe he just he he was driving by himself in the, his own mental car, and he no, she cut me off. And I'm gonna fucking just couldn't do it anymore. Maybe the brother tried to stop him, and he's like, "If you try to stop me, this is gonna go wrong." Right. So, but I don't know. It's all speculation. Right. So. It's entirely possible the brother tried to save the mother. James tried to save mom. But he said he just snapped. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what we have for you tonight. On to business. <laughs> Facebook. 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 This is Polar Bear's least, or, oh, oh, wow. this is Panda's least favorite part of the episode. It's the email, really, the Facebook things, whatever. I, I, I wish more people would join the Facebook page, because you post a lot of pictures on there. We post a lot of things on there. Right. And it's fun. It's just cool. And then we don't have to be the only ones posting it either. And, you know, we do tend to approve, so there's a lady. I don't want to say her name, because I don't have permission, and I don't want to get mad. Mm-hmm. But she does share a lot of Haunted Mansion stuff, which oh. we always approve because mm. Haunted Mansion is the jam. But either way. So, yes, we do have a Facebook page. And if you are curious and or interested and like to join, send us a request. But if you have a topic, a rando topoco you want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just post on there. You want something done? Just post it on there. I want to hear you guys talk about it. Anything. Or send the email. Or send the email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com. Corners is pearl. Corners. All right, final thoughts, Panda. Uh, I feel like we should watch that episode. Yeah, I, I did. Oh, did you? No, I feel like I should. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, check it out. I don't even know where to watch. ABC and Paramount, I looked it up. ABC and Paramount. They have Season it. four. Season four. <laughs> it was released on April 23rd, 2007. Nice. All right. So until next time, please remember, only the few can find the beauty in the darkness, which is where we hope to meet you, where the dark corners are. Uh